Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 510. We've got a great guest. We've got Will Minnerton on the show. He's well known in the Lifter LMS community, um, helps support Lifter and also is part of the Facebook for Facebook pages and just a great chat. Um, Will, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having <coughs> me on. And uh, yeah, I guess Jonathan introduced me pretty well. Yeah. I'm just um, a freelancer dove into the Lifter LMS and WordPress space. And yeah, I started making some YouTube videos on it and yeah, just kind of evolved from there in the uh, Lifter LMS space. Yeah, and I've got my great co-host, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers? Hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. Uh, we help small businesses simplify, consolidate, automate their marketing automation and sales. That's great. And we had a load of new listeners last month. So if you're joining the show, um, thank you for becoming a member of the WordPress the WP Tonic Tribe. Um, before we go into the main topic of the show, we're going to be discussing everything about Lifter LMS, its suitability for somebody starting off, its strengths, its weaknesses, things that um, Will has noticed that people do it when building out a, a course, the kind of mistakes they make. We'll be covering it all, listeners and viewers. But before we get into the main part of the show, I'd like to discuss our sponsors. And our main sponsor is Kinsta. And Kinsta's been sponsoring the show as the main sponsor for over two years. They're a great, great hosting company. We host the WP Tonic site with them that never had any problems, really quick. And the main thing is you get fantastic support. Um, the support is some of the best on the market, I feel. So if you've got a critical um, site for clients or for yourself um, in WooCommerce or in the learning space, you need great hosting and great support. And that's what you're going to get with Kinsta. So go over, buy a package for yourself or for your client. And the main thing is tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. Our next sponsor is WP Fusion. They're a friend of the show. They've been supporting the show for a couple of years now, um, on and off. And just an amazing product. If you've got like active campaign drip, convert kit, there's a lot of CRMs out there. Um, and you want to put it on a different level, your automization. Well, you need WP Fusion with WordPress, with your external CRM, or you should look at Groundhog. Uh, um, but if, you look, if you're looking at external one, WP Fusion, it really does make the whole process so much more easier and much more powerful. So go over to WP Fusion, have a look at their, their product, buy buy one of their packages, and also tell them you heard about them on the show. Sacraturo, so, the, the developer, is also just like brilliant and a genius and a great guy all around. <laughs> yeah, he's just um, he's just a fantastic developer, isn't he? And he's just a really humble guy as well. And the two things don't always go together, do they, Adrian? No, sometimes you get great software and terrible support. Sometimes you get 
terrible software and great support. And Jack seems to be able to provide the best of both worlds. Yeah, there we go. So let's go into it, Will. So, Will, um, what are some of the things you think um, when a person is looking to build a course and they're looking to build it on WordPress and Lifter, what are some of the things people got to know about or kind of the mistakes people do at the beginning that you've noticed? Yeah, yeah. A lot of, um, one huge mistake I've seen, and this happens with people who are forming their first course, is they don't get niche enough and really get specific with their course offering and who their offering's for. Um, and that it kind of uh, overgeneralization leads to them having like a ton of competition with people who already have like email lists and everything built up. But if you serve like a really specific audience and a really specific way and answer questions that are already being asked by the community you're trying to serve, then uh, you position yourself really well. So it's really positioning um, is a huge mistake um, that people I see people fall into without um, when they don't niche enough and find um, like a really specific offering. What what process do you have to like nail down niche? Because I see this all the time. People just go way too broad. You know the the age old adage. If you're selling to everybody, you're selling to nobody, right? So yeah. what 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 process uh, do you help people or, or can you recommend to people to go through and really sort of focus that? For sure. For sure. I um, One way is to start out by answering really specific questions people have and kind of forming from there. That's somewhat of what I'm doing with my YouTube channel. Whenever I hear someone ask a question in like a Facebook group or something, I'll make like a quick two-minute YouTube video about how to, how to do that specific thing. And maybe I'll respond to their thread with that as an answer. And that'll really help point in the right direction as to uh, what kind of content people are looking for. Because it might not be the course that you want to build, that you want to look at what they want to hear. Another thing for like niching, like a niching exercise I use, is like the niche rule of four, where you go like four levels deep. So if you're trying to build like an online course, maybe it's like an online course for... Um, health and wellness. Yeah, like health and wellness. And then that's like one level and you want to get more specific. Maybe it's health and wellness for um, men specifically. Maybe it's health and wellness for men over 40. Uh, maybe it's health and wellness for dads over 40. So now you're like really specific and um, you can really target your offering from there. Just going through that exercise a few times and figuring out. That's an interesting rule of thumb. Four, so you go like four levels deep. That's interesting. I've never actually heard that one before. That's useful. Thank you. I've been thinking about this for the past six months and I just want to put this to you and get your feedback about it. Well, I think if you found a niche and before you build any course out, if you can't establish a credible presence on YouTube, um, an audience of, let's say, let's say 40 to 70,000 people for your niche area, if you can't build an audience on your YouTube channel around that subject, I think you're going to find it very hard to build an ongoing course that will provide consistent income. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I don't really have any course programs myself at the moment. I use YouTube to kind of like upsell to my mm. freelance work, but I'm definitely looking to get into that kind of like recurring revenue model. And I think getting started on YouTube is a great way to practice making consistent content and figuring out what kind of content is valuable to the niche you're serving. Mm. And you'll tell by like the likes in your videos, comments on your videos, how many shares and stuff it gets. That really helps you tap into like what kind of content you'd want to be putting into your, your recurring membership program and kind of really flesh out what, um, what your audience is looking for and get in the habit of creating that content. 
Yeah, I just think, you know, unless you're experiencing um, in television or film production and that, I think being able to use YouTube and the building up of a following, you learn so many other things, don't you? You learn basic SEO, basic um, film craft, kind of content that will appeal to your target audience. So I think it's crucial to build a, a significant it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of people because I think if you're in a niche, I think between 50 and 70,000 people is quite achievable. What do you think? Um, yeah, yeah, especially um, depending on how long you do it and if you really uh, focus in on what content uh, performs well on your channel, you could really um, really scale it up to that amount. Like Angela Brown is um, a popular example. I don't know if you've heard of her in the Lifter Honest no. community. She has um, a house cleaning business. She teaches house cleaners how to run their businesses. And she's gotten really large on YouTube. I think she's at like 80,000 subscribers or something. So she's right in that perfect. Um, yeah, over to you, Adrian. So, well, you and, you and I are actually currently working together on, on a few projects. I use, I use courses in my own business. I use them as a customer success tool for training purposes on, on the various different things you can do. And I know that, and, and, and I outlined you to kind of what I was expecting. I want like short videos, uh, you know, like hour maximum course completion time, uh, like the videos at most like 15 minutes long. However, in the past, I know that with like tools like Lift for LMS, you're a fan of uh, what what when I Chris once referred to me as an epic video, which is like four hours long, start to finish, one take, and uh, and 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 distributing your information in that format. Now, I'm curious if you know what what kind of expectation the when when someone actually watches that video, do they get through the whole thing? Is there is there any sort of psychological trigger or pull for an epic four-hour-long video versus the way that I prefer to do it, which is like short bite-sized uh, videos in a course format. What's, what's, what's your take on the difference? For sure. Yeah, I, the short-form video is actually more natural to me. Like whenever I have like one quick question, I'll, I can just knock out a video. But then Chris came to me last year and said, hey, I have this idea for an epic video, like um, I think WP Crafter did one too that was like many hours long. And yeah, that one's for like total... WordPress beginner who wants like a step-by-step, click-by-click, the whole t- uh, whole thing, building from WordPress from scratch all the way to like a full Lifter Elements, WooCommerce, CardFlows, everything uh, kind of site. So yeah, there's they're kind of four different audiences. If you are looking for just like a quick uh, setup, quick getting started, and you really want to dive into it yourself, uh, then the shorter videos are more optimal for you because they'll get you to where you want to go really quickly. But if you really want to sit down and see someone go through step-by-step, and really talk through everything you're doing. Um, and you could really just put like, um, you know, your 10 year old child down in front of the computer and they could follow along click by click um, and just make the process super simple. Then the four hour um, epic video is kind of the way to go. Is, do you have any sort of like, uh, or any sort of knowledge on, let's say like the completion rate or the success rate of, of, of people who sit down and, and, and tune in for four hours? Because for like a course, you can like, like that's in bite size. There's like benchmarks and stages so you can leave and come back at the stage. But if you're like committing to like an epic video, it's hard to like remember where you left off and, and, and pick it right back up. And so you're sitting down for four hours. Do you know what the kind of like the customer experience is on, on the completion end? Um, I don't know too much about the completions uh, metrics for that specific video, but um, 
but there was like a, a really positive response to it. Like people seem to really like that kind of video. I don't know how many of them actually sat down and watched the whole thing or there are timestamps in that video. Like in, in 10 minutes, we dive into Elementor and then at uh, 30 minutes, we dive into like Cartflows. Mm. Um, so you can click around and uh, maybe if you're already partway through having built a WordPress website, you might be able to skip down um, and just find the parts that are going to be relevant to you. But um, it, the long video itself is kind of like a, an entire course just packed into one video with like those lessons as like kind of timestamps on there. But, um, but yeah, I'm not too sure about the, uh, like the completion rate of actually sitting down and watching zero to four hours, but, um, yeah, people seem to really, um, really Connect like that with one. it. Well, yeah, yeah sure. that's cool. And so you can put like the times you mentioned, you could put the timestamps in like the video description to say, we start at this point here. Yeah. Yeah. And it might also be like mentally reassuring to just know that there's that resource available. If you ever do get stuck, there's like the mm -hmm. click by click tutorial you can always come back to and, and jump around in that. Very cool. Jonathan? Yeah. So what do you think is when per a person's looking to build their first course, what do you think is the optimum, the sweet spot for how many lessons and the size length of video and what should be in that course Did, have you thought about that and come to conclusion where the sweet spot for that first course is yeah yeah it's um it would change for every kind of audience and what kind of course you're building but um like always want to keep it minimalistic and just focus on getting the result rather than um, how long your course content is and then i'll often end up in like a course that's maybe like 10 lessons like if you look at like the groundhog courses uh seem super effective the lifter almost quick start course they're like roughly about five sections with five lessons per section and so they're super effective with like those short videos you can just knock out and you could even um, jump around in the course if there was a, a lesson you wanted to skip but roughly keeping a course under 25 lessons really challenges you as a course creator to really um, get into the impact and get the results rather than get to the point already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead of making like a, a massive course, it's like hundreds of lessons and focusing on creating all the content you can just really limit yourself to try and stay within the 25 lessons, uh, five sections, five lessons per section and just get the results. Most people don't want to spend have, or, or don't want to have to watch 25 lessons to get to a result. They want yeah, it. If they could get it in video one, they could. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's totally true. And, and when people and course creators think about it, a lot of the time they're saying I, when they advertise, they're advertising all the content they have and they're trying to build up this massive library. But It's like the content is valuable in and of itself, but it's really not. No, yeah, it's the result that they want. Yeah, yeah That's great. We're going to go for a break. We're coming back got a great guest he's helped a lot of people with lift lms and he's part of the lifter support team so um i think he's got some great insights we'll be back in a few moments folks are you a wordpress consultant designer or small digital agency owner then you need wptonic as your trusted white label developer partner for your next big e-learning or woocommerce project WPTonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPTonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WPTonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic just like the podcast. Coming back, we're talking about learning management systems, specifically Lifter LMS with Will Militon. So, Will, 
you know, we also got this, you know, and I think it's going to get broader, this this slight divide between those that use Lifter LMS with Alamator and those that use Lifter with Gutenberg. And I can own, and of course, you've got other page builders as well. So, um, but... Chris himself is a fan of Beaver Builder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... How do you see this panning out? Do you see this divide continuing? And at the present moment, how would you advise somebody that, that would come to you and say, well, Will, should I use Alimator with Lyft LMS or should I use Gutenberg? Yeah, it's pretty much whatever feels the best for you to build your course content in. Some people get overwhelmed by Elementor, especially if they're newer to WordPress, and they see like the sidebar in Elementor and all the widgets and all the settings, and that just overwhelms them and slows them down from being able to build their site and launch their course. And if if you don't feel comfortable with that builder, that's totally fine. Just go with the um, default WordPress editor. Um, the default WordPress block editor is a bit easier to use. Um, you don't you're not able to control things like padding, which would be like the spacing between um, elements specifically to that um, granular level, as you can with Elementor. But um, but it's really just about suiting your audience. And that's one thing I see a lot of people get caught up in is they get so complicated with the tech thinking that they need to um, make the their website like a technical masterpiece when really it's about that course content. Yeah. And so there's no shame at all in feeling, uh, you, you know, going with just the basic Gutenberg editor. And it's probably actually better if you could get the same result with a simpler tool, the Gutenberg editor, without having to dive into all the tech. But if you really do want to go to the next level with the design, Elementor is a, a great tool. Well, I suppose in a way, if you just want to keep to the basics with Alimator, you, you you don't have to dive into even with Alimator if you just want to keep to the basics. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, and you don't have to use Elementor in everything. Like I see some people use the default WordPress editor on their courses and then Elementor is just for their sales pages hmm. where they really want to make something um, look good. So you don't have to go Elementor or Gutenberg. You could mix it up and use Elementor in specific places and Gutenberg in other places. Yeah, I think that's a great point that people tend to forget, don't they, Will? Over to you, Adrian. So most, uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of course creators, they create their first course and they think that uh, even if it's like a results-based course and they don't they don't see the, the content as valuable itself with the result, most of them believe that the course is kind of just like enough to start uh, getting people to buy into the program, however, over time, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily true. People are expecting a lot more uh, from their purchase than just, well, the video content. I guess it, depending on how you frame it, uh, what residual aspects of actually running a course business would you expect that a business owner has to keep in mind when they launch their first course? For sure, I guess. Um... One thing I hear a lot is that like recurring revenue is like the key to scaling things. So figuring out how to add that recurring value so you can have recurring revenue is important. Like um, with selling the like a one-time course, a lot of people might get through the course and then they might fade out, but keeping in touch with those people um, and maybe like upselling to a private coaching forum or like a weekly uh, group Zoom or something like that might be something useful. Kind of thinking about the course as, especially if it's a one-time payment, as kind of like a lead magnet or a, um, uh, it's not the end of the funnel necessarily. Um, and depending on what kind of business you're in and what kind of services you can offer, um, the main thing I'd say across the board is just look for 
opportunities for recurring revenue. Um, and if your course doesn't provide that recurring value, you can't really add in the recurring revenue, but just um, if the course doesn't provide the recurring value, maybe try and find some sort of an upsell from your course to that. How, how would you ensure that your course provided the, the, the requirements to, to be willing to part with X amount of dollars yearly or monthly? Uh, I would say it, it would vary based on like every course, but if you just have a, like a group coaching offer, like once a week you host a group coaching call. Like a mastermind? Yeah, like a mastermind that that would um, help you figure it out really quickly what people are looking for in the recurring value. And the recurring mastermind with you, the course creator, might be enough in itself, but that might also give you ideas off of what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you mentioned uh, multiple courses, or or at least the beginning of the funnel. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you would you recommend creating so so? In like Russell Brunson's methodology, which I read his book, Dotcom Secrets and Expert Secrets a long time ago. If you haven't done so, I'd recommend it. Um, but they have something called like the value ladder and they have your, uh, your, like your tripwire and then your core offering and then your profit maximizer at the top of the ladder. Each is uh, exponentially more expensive than the other. Uh, if you were a brand new course creator and you were starting out, would you work on core offer first or would you just start off with the trip t- tripwire and start attempting to build the list? Um, yeah, there's a few different methodologies to it. Um, I've probably started myself doing the, the tripwire, but I guess um, like with my business, my core offering right now is like freelance stuff. And then I have like my YouTube video and like free content there. So I guess I did have my service offering first. So um, that is a, an important thing for validation too, is making sure people will pay. If you start out with a tripwire or like some free content, um, people might be interested in that, but they're not interested in paying for that. So um, I think building out your core offering first is a better thing to validate and then uh, figuring out what will get people into your core offering, like making YouTube videos and stuff like that will um, would be like something secondary to that. Well, that makes sense. Thank you very much for that. John? I think one of the strengths of Lifter is that with the free core product, with just the Stripe add-on for $99, you can, you've got a fully functioning LMS platform, isn't it? But what are some of the other core add-ons that you think really offer great value and are the, and also some third-party ones as well? For sure. I guess, um, yeah, exactly like you said, the just one payment gateway, PayPal or Stripe or whatever, along with the free core plugin, it's just $99 for a fully functioning LMS. Um, I see a lot of people go look at the Infinity Bundle. They're like, Lyft are so expensive. Like, I mean, most people don't go into a car dealership and say, what's the most expensive car you have? Oh, that's, that's a little too expensive for me. You don't need everything. Uh, to well, it is the best value on the market at the present moment for $99 for what you get. Like I say, for $99, you're, you're up on money, aren't you? For sure. For sure, yeah. And um, I would say some other add-ons would yeah, be... Because um, no, there's a lot of um, internal add-ons, aren't they? You can go Infinity, Universal, Infinity, and there's quite a few third-party. If you've got like two to three that you think are that really bring some extra functionality that you, by using it, you think it's worth the price of paying. For sure, for sure, yeah. The um, They all apply in some different scenarios. Yeah. But some super popular ones would be like advanced quizzes. Uh, Lifter has like the free quiz system with multiple choice, picture choice, and true false. But if you really wanted to go to the next level and have like a lot more interactive quizzes, that's a really popular one. Um, 
And then, of course, like groups and stuff, if you're selling to like corporations and you want to have that private group area. So how's group going? Because that's their most recent add-on. How, how do you think that's going then, Will? Um, it's going pretty well. Like uh, Lifters had this voucher code system for a long time that serves a very similar purpose, but it was a lot more manual. Um, with groups, the corporate can actually manage themselves and send out email invites to their students and stuff like that to enroll. Um, so it's, I kind of think of it as like a super advanced voucher system. It's like the next level of that. Um, and, and so that's a super neat add-on specifically. And then uh, to plug WP Fusion, if you're working with a CRM or, or Groundhog too, like having that tie into your marketing uh, plus Lifter LMS, like I know Groundhog has like a Lifter LMS integration where you can change your email messaging based on when they enroll in the course. So there's like tags and triggers. So you can know uh, if you're working with WP Fusion, uh, that would tell Active Campaign when somebody enrolled in a course or Groundhog has its own integration um, to then kind of change up your email interaction um, and get those touch points with people who are in your courses. That's also like a key add-on to have is the um, the CRM integration. Yeah, but it does kind of, um, it's interesting that you choose that because it, uh, that whole area kind of, it kind of intimidates people to some extent, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. For sure, there's, when you start thinking about, um, like an email list is pretty easy to comprehend, like these are the people you're emailing, but then when you break it down into customer segments and tagging those segments and creating automations to send out emails, it can totally be intimidating. Um, but if you think about it as just creating your, like an opt-in, like uh, if you have a lead magnet, like a free resource, uh, all your CRM is doing is just sending them a free resource when they uh, give you their email. And then you can build things out from there if you wanted to, but on the simplest level, that's all um, All you need to have in a CRM. Right, Joe. I think uh, we wrap it up for the podcast part of the show. Um, Will's staying on. I'm going to be, we're going to be asking him a few questions. I'm going to be asking him about, you know, why you should use, look at WooCommerce and integrate that um, and why you should just stay with the Stripe. And I've got a few other questions. So, Will, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, so if you head to wpcourseguide.com, uh, that's the best place to see everything I'm doing there. Or you can probably find me on YouTube, or you probably will uh, come across me on YouTube at some point if you're in the Lifter LMS space. Yeah, how many um, videos roughly do you have on your YouTube channel now? Um, I think probably around 150. Wow. I went on uh, in 2019 for like three and a half months, I did a video every day. So I really got kicked off there. But then I've been doing about one to a month uh, ever mm -hmm. since then. Oh, that's great. Um, Adrian, how can people, what's the best way to find out more about you and Groundhog? Well, we talked a lot about uh, Lift for LMS uh, this, uh, during this episode. So if uh, you're using Lift for LMS and you need to tie in marketing automation to send out better transactional emails or course completion reminders, enrollment abandonment, we can take care of a lot of stuff. You can go to Groundhog with 2Gs.io. Uh, we actually have a Lifter LMS uh, focused course on our Academy website that will explain all of the cool integrations that you can do with uh, with Groundhog and email marketing and Lifter LMS together. So great stuff. And that's available for free. And that's at academy.groundhogwith2gs.io. 
That's great. And if you really want to support the show, folks, go over to Apple and leave us a review. It really does help the show. Um, it, and they, it really puts us higher in the ratings with Apple and it enables us to get great guests like Will to agree to come on and be interviewed by me and Adrian. We will be back next week. Remember, there's bonus content, which you can listen to on the W tonic website or our youtube channel um we will be back next week with another great guest like will see you soon folks bye thanks for listening to the wp tonic podcast the podcast that gives you a dose of wordpress medicine twice a week 